Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Yes, my name is Charles uh, Lehman Kachitsa. I live not far from here, about eight minutes walk. Uh, if you are uh, fond of walking, it's a walking distance. I've been a member of the CCM Church for now over 12 years. And I've seen the transformation that has taken place. And this building is also testament to that transformation. Um, Married to Mele, who is not here today, because our little one is feeling unwell, so she had to stay with him. But uh, we have three other children, uh, school-going children. No, one of them is working, but uh, three are still going to school. And as I start the way today that I'm sharing, I'm very happy that it seems we are going a direction where things are normalizing and soon we'll have our masks off and of course we'll be able to recognize each other. That's a wonderful thing. But we should thank God that he's let us pass through this period, which was a difficult period. And we have come unscratched. We have come quite half. Some of us have found good things in the midst of all these difficult times. Now that we are getting back to normal, most of you are thinking about work, or for the youth who are here, they are concentrating on their school. And talking about work, over the years, I've worked in various organizations, in different areas, in different places. As you know, to start work, of course, first of all, you need to apply for the work. And then when you satisfy what they are looking for, they call you for the interview, and when you go for the interview, you have to impress, you have to do some things that will show that you are confident on the job. I remember one particular person, and this is a long time ago, he was so confident that he would go in an interview room, he would be the one dictating the interview. So he would go in, distribute his CV, and say, here I am, employ me now. That's the maybe degree of confidence that is required. The way interviews are conducted varies uh, depending on the type of job or depending on the type of responsibility one is going to have. The duration of the interview itself also varies. If it's a job that requires so much responsibility, you spend more time interviewing that person. If it's a job that requires low responsibility, then you might have just a 30-minute interview. 
and apparently talking about my own personal experience <coughs> the jobs that have been successfully um, stayed longer on have been those that have not been interviewed on uh, for some reason um, one example is uh, I worked for the bank for 10 years and my experience at the interview when I was called for the interview was uh, I never had the interview of course it was a group of us I went there and there was this person who was ushering people into the interview room he saw me and he said, no, the way you are dressed, you have got the job. I'll, I'll just take you in, into the interview room so that you introduce yourself. And indeed, that's what happened. The panel of two people that were conducting the interview just confirmed what he had said. And they said, uh, you are starting work tomorrow. And that's what happened. I started work the following day. Another example right here. I was called for an interview, I went to attend that interview, and when I presented myself, it was a lady who was supposed to interview me, he asked me only one question, said, which day do you want to start with? <laughs> and the following day I started work, of course I couldn't miss that chance, so I said I'll come tomorrow, and the following day I started work. Now, I'm experienced in these things, I believe. So, part of my, what you would call a day job, I help people uh, on interview skills or employability skills. And one aspect that uh, is important in the process when you are being invited for a job is that at the end of the interview, you may be asked to provide referees, names of referees or details of referees. Some people call it references. I know we have got the youth, but uh, I'm trying to explain as much as possible. Referees are the names of people that would vouch for you or testify that you are a person of good conduct. You are a person who has got the skills. So normally when you have passed an interview, they require you to name some people that can vouch for you, that can testify that this person is indeed a skillful person, is indeed capable of doing what he has said on the interview just to explain about referees. And uh, referees, as people who can testify or vouch, come into so many different um, respect. It could be that uh, they are vouching for your own personal um, attitude. It could be that they are vouching for your work skills. It could be that they are just... Uh, vouching for how you relate with other people. So it could be different. Normally, where they require the referees would say what type of referees you need to uh, supply, what type of people, uh, details you need to supply. 
if you are a person who has good good behavior and character and also that you are able to keep relationships with other people you don't struggle to provide those names names of people who can actually say yes we know him okay and most often if you are a person of good character they will be more than happy to come forward and testify for you okay. in fact provision of referees is not only restricted to when you are on a job recruitment process in some instances for the youth here if you want to go to university and when you make an application there may be a section where they will ask for referees or indeed one who desires to be in a high office in a church an elder or a priest most often they would also require you to supply someone or details of someone who can testify to your character behavior and attitude so it's not only restricted to job recruitment process it also is required in other areas it is this aspect of providing references or details or names of referees that come or that came to my mind when I was preparing the talk for today you will see how this relates to the passage I'm going to read as I start my preach. This was just preamble, this was just an introduction. And uh, we are looking at the book of Hebrews. And this is a city where we are looking at Jesus in various roles. Lizzie last week took us through Hebrews 4 and emphasize the fact that we need to be more genuine as Christians in our practice and in our conduct. In most cases, a referee you put forward to testify for you will try to portray a supposedly genuine character and behavior of you. Not always the case, of course, with people. There are some instances where the contrary is true and I also know of cases where when some people are asked to provide referees or details of people standing as referees they will be so hesitant especially if they are told that the referee should be only your immediate boss so some people will be hesitant especially again if their behavior was not good if they didn't keep a good relationship with their work colleagues. However, the big message is today is that though some of you may not know it, you have a referee who is never changing, a referee who is quick to put aside your weaknesses, quick to forgive, a referee who always urges us to move forward and maybe this can be summarized in the uh, phrase Jesus is our advocate Jesus is always there for us the Bible passage that we are going to look at today is Hebrews 7 
verses 18 to 27. I'll just quickly read through that passage and then we'll look or analyze the verses uh, one by one. I'll start, and if you have got Bibles, you can read with me. I'll start from verse 18. So it's Hebrews 7, verses 18 to 27. Yes, the old system of priesthood, based on family lines, was cancelled because it didn't work. It was weak and useless for saving people. It never made anyone really right with God. But now... We have a far better hope for Christ. Makes us acceptable to God. And we now, we may draw near to him. God took an oath that Christ would always be a priest. Although we never said that of other priests. Only to Christ he said, the Lord has sown and will never change his mind. You are a priest forever with the rank of Meshzedek. Because of God's oath, Christ can guarantee forever the success of this new and better arrangement. Under the old arrangement, there had to be many priests so that when the older ones died off, the system would still be carried on by others who took their place. But Jesus lives for ever and continues to be a priest so that no one else is needed. He is able to save completely all who come to God through him. Since he will live forever, he will always be there to remind God that he has paid for their sins with his blood. Uh, verse 26, he is therefore exactly the kind of high priests we need. For he is holy and blameless, and stained by sin and defiled by sinners, and to him has been given the place of honor in heaven. He never needs the daily blood of animal sacrifices, as other priests did, to cover over first their own sins, and then the sins of the people, for he finished all sacrifices once and for all when he sacrificed himself on the cross. The beauty about reading Bible passages is that each time you read a passage, you get new revelation. And it doesn't matter how many times you have read it. I will now try to uh, look at the verses one by one. Starting with, um, maybe we can combine verses 18 to 20. And again, going back to what Lizzie preached last week. She introduced Jesus as a priest. In this passage that I've read, verses 18 to 20, is an explanation of the difference between Jesus and the other priests before him. If we hone particularly on verse 20, it says God took an oath that Christ would always be a priest. Although he never said that of other priests. Only to Christ he said, the Lord has sown and will never change his mind. You are a priest forever with the rank of Meshzedek. And Meshedek in Jewish um, language means 
king of righteousness. If we go down and look at verses 22 to 24, this talks about a new order. The old priests before Christ were not appointed on oath, but Christ is appointed with an oath from God himself, declaring him priest forever. Also note that the old priests died, but Christ is alive forever. He defeated death. Verse 25, which is, if I can read back that one, he is able to save completely who come to God through him. Since he will live forever, he will always be there to remind God that he has paid for their sins with his blood. That is the key verse in our message today. Because Jesus is alive, he is ever advocating for us. Always there to remind the Creator, God, that he paid the price for us. As a result, he always brings salvation. So I would say, getting back to the story or the narrative that I started with, what a referee we have in Jesus. And verses 26 and 27 emphasizes what type of referee or advocate we have in Jesus. Brameless and stained by sin and defiled by sinners, occupying a high place of honor when he went to heaven. He is ever advocating for us to be safe, to be with him when that time comes, and to be with him in that place of honor. But what exactly does this mean for us today? What it means is uh, Jesus is a greater priest than all those that came before him. Secondly, he is superior because he is the priest of better covenant. He was appointed by an oath of God. He is permanent as a priest and he is sinless. Therefore, we can be confident in looking to Jesus as our great high priest. And sometimes when we receive a message, we ask the messenger, the one who has brought the message, who has sent you? If they have not yet revealed who has sent them. Normally we ask, who has sent you? With Jesus, we actually know he was sent by God. And this should give us comfort. Throughout the Bible, we are told that the battle is not ours. And this is what we should always remember. But most often we ignore that and want to do things our own way in navigating through life. Jesus continuously reminds us that he came for us so that we may be free. The book of Hebrews, which was particularly written for the Jewish people, 
begins in chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 with these words. Long ago God spoke in many different ways to our father through the prophet in vision dreams and even face to face telling them little by little about his plan. But now in these days he has spoken to us through his son to whom he has given everything and through whom he made the world and everything there is. God's Son shines out with God's glory and all that God's Son is does maxim as God. He regulates the universe by the mighty power of his command. He is the one who died to cleanse us and clear our record of all sin and then sat down in highest honor beside the great son of heaven. So you clearly see that the message in the book of Hebrews is the same. Jesus always stands for us. He is our advocate all the time. Earthly laws set by men cannot redeem us. Though they may look super amazing, it is great to follow laws of the land, but doing so without accepting in your heart the Lord through Jesus Christ is then pursuing an empty course. Is then all putting your deeds in an empty bucket. Going back to the narrative at the beginning of my preach today, with human referees, the character normally is seen in two ways. So, the ones receiving the details of the names that you have supplied as referees will look at it in two different aspects. They will look at you, what they have said about you. But they also look at what type of referee, what character of referee you have supplied. Therefore, having a referee who is not credible is is damaging to oneself. It's like you are shooting yourself in the foot. In Jesus, who is sinless, blameless, we have a true referee. A true advocate for us to the Father in heaven. It does not matter what is it you want help with in life, whether it be life in general, your work, your health, maybe you require healing, you only need to cast all your burden to Him. Jesus will take it and the Father. God will provide. Romans 10 verse 12 says, Everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is very true. But as I finish my talk for this morning, this is perhaps the message that you should carry home. Our trust must be in Christ. Why he would, why the world looks at our weaknesses to disqualify us, he does not. He takes us the way we are. He has even promised us 
a life of comfort. And this also is stated clearly in John 14 verse 6. I am the way, yes, the truth and the life. No one can get to the Father except by means of me. In those times I mentioned that I passed through a job process without having an interview. Quite often at the end of the process I could see an invisible hand. I could see that there was a certain force that was behind the process, that ushered me through the process, that made the process so smooth. Someone being there before me, fighting for me, putting my case forward, advocating for me. And only God can do that. Only God can do that. Human referees may claim to know you, but there is one who is aware of your every deed, your every need, who is above us all, who sees our every movement. God, the creator of all things, sees everything that we do. We therefore need to bring all our needs to him. Let us continue to pray, continue to give thanks and praise, and praise him continuously for the life we have. Through Jesus who stands for us as our advocate, he always passes on the message to God the Creator. The new arrangement with Christ at the helm, Jesus, and we know Jesus, Jesus is alive, gives us all hope that anyone who draws near to him is assured that they will be safe. John 15, verse 7 says, But if you stay in me and obey my commands, you may ask of any requests you like, and it will be granted. So I urge you, let us draw closer to him. I ask you, Ernest, to always be near to him in your heart, in your thoughts, in all what you do. His love and, kind, and kindness will always be with you as he is always advocating for us at all times. Jesus is our advocate. And as um, Mike and the group come forward, this is what I want to say for those of us who are here. You may be there listening. Perhaps... You have not found him. Or perhaps some of the words, his words and practice are not yet making sense to you. You may be there and you have got questions about how you can truly come to Jesus. Or you just want to know more about the next step you need to take. God gives you the choice. And that special day can be today for you to make that decision, coming near to him, giving up your whole life to him. Oh, it may be that you are committed, a committed Christian believer, 
but you feel some of your strength, some of that belief that you have ebbing away, I would urge you to recommit to a life of regular prayers and reading of God's word through the Bible. The good thing is that you have got support in this church. If it is you and you want to hear more or be prayed for, I urge you to approach one of the CCM elders. They will help you in your desire to understand and draw more closer to him. More closer to God through Jesus Christ. And the good thing, the other good thing about this church is that we like to pray for each other. So don't be afraid, come forward. And as I end, I want to end with uh, prayer. Can we bow our heads and pray? Lord God, we have come forward. We thankful hearts. We thank you that you are always there to advocate for us. We come humbly and we put all our hearts in believing that everywhere, anywhere that we go, whatever we do, you are there for us. You always support us. I'm praying that you touch your people who are here and those who have not been able to make it today. Be with them. Advocate for them. We thank you for this precious life which you have given us. We thank you for the church. And we are praying all this through you, Jesus Christ. Amen.